I don't know why I can't just go to work and be happy like I'm supposed to, like everybody else. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. With so many people losing their jobs to automation, are we facing a future without work? Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. Can humans lead productive and meaningful lives if they never have to work? Won't technology create new jobs that we can't even imagine now? What if we're still doing this when we're 50? It would be nice to have that kind of job security. Meet me at the bottom, don't lag behind. Bring me my boots and shoes. You can hang back or find your best on the front line. Sing a little bit of these working bags. If work disappears, should we give everyone a basic income? Our guest is Juliana Bidadinure of Stanford University. A world without work. See you guys later. If I stole the job. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. If you like Philosophy Talk, you might also enjoy podcasts from our friends at the IAI, the Institute of Art and Ideas. Check them out at IAI.tv. Are we approaching the day when anything a human can do, a robot can do better? So are robots going to steal all our jobs? Well, why would you want to work for a living if you didn't have to? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm Deborah Satz. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ken and I teach philosophy. Deborah, welcome officially to the host chair. Thanks, Ken. I'm delighted to join the team. And we're delighted to have you you. Now today, we're thinking about a world without work. Ever since the invention of the wheel, human beings have been coming up with new technologies to reduce or even eliminate certain types of labor. And that's been a great thing. I mean, apart from saving us time and effort, those inventions have helped to grow our economies and increased our standard of living uh, worldwide, Deborah. Yeah, sure. I'm glad I can spend my time thinking about philosophy instead of chopping wood and fetching water. But we've entered a new phase of technology, and it's not all good. Deborah, you sound like a Luddite. Why would you say a thing like that? Well, the technology that came before was mainly a way to reduce hard physical labor. But since the invention of the computer, more and more technology is replacing mental labor, too. Uh Oh, you know, I love mental labor, but I don't see necessarily why that's a bad thing. I mean... How would you prefer your taxes be done, with a pen and paper crouching over your desk or some nifty software that does all the work with greater speed and accuracy? Yeah, sure. But think about the big picture. Increasing automation means more and more jobs are being lost to robots who are more efficient and cheaper than we are. Think about the six million drivers and cashiers, good middle-class jobs, that are all disappearing. But Dapper, again, you sound like a lullite. That That's the way it's always been with new technology. Some jobs get replaced, sure, but then new jobs are introduced, like jobs that no one would have imagined before, like, like the software engineers. Ken, you're wearing blinders. You think it's just the blue-collar workers? The bots are coming for lawyers, for engineers, for doctors. They're coming for you. <laughs> Oh, my God, Deborah, you sound like such a downer. I'm not saying that this is inevitable. Well, so you think we can stop it? That depends on who owns the robots. If the capitalists own the robots, the capitalists don't care. They'll drive us out of work. But if the public owns the robots, we can choose when and where to use them. Yeah, but slow down for a second. 
Ask yourself what's so good about work anyway. Don't you want more leisure time and less drudgery? Leisure time's great when all your basic needs are met. But it's not so much fun to lose your income when you're already living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, but you're not imagining. You know, let your imagination run wild. Think of all the money we can save, all the wealth we could generate. We could just have universal basic income and free ourselves of the need of work. In the United States today? Good luck with that. Besides, humans need work. It gives our lives purpose, structure, a sense of community, a sense of achievement. Oh, God, I don't need some lousy job to give my life purpose. You know, I love Stanford, but they could take this job and shove it for all I care. What I need, what I really need is time, you know, time to paint, time to play music, t time to do more philosophy, to write more philosophy. Oh, dream on, Ken. With too much unstructured time, You'll have people going quietly mad, not becoming artists and philosophers. Oh, you know, okay, look, I'm going to concede that there are two different visions here, and I don't know what the future really holds. You, you find this same expression of, on the one hand, yearning or of dread. You find utopian predictions or dystopian predictions. You find it in literature and film and on the Internet culture. So, yeah, it's a complicated thing. So we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Liza Veal, to peer into the human imagination. She files this report. As far as I can tell, the only way to free ourselves of work is to build a world operated by computers and robots. But we humans express a lot of anxiety about robots outsmarting us. One example can be found in the 2013 movie Elysium, featuring Matt Damon on a future planet Earth where the upper class has abandoned to a space colony. Robot overlords manage the masses clamoring for life on a resource-depleted and economically anarchic Earth. What I'd like to do is explain what happened. Personality matrix suggests a 78.3% <laughs> chance of regression to old behavior patterns. Grand Theft Auto, assault with a deadly weapon, resisting arrest. Would you like to talk to a human? No, I am okay. Thank you. Are you being sarcastic and or abusive? Negative. It is a federal offense to abuse a parole officer. Understood. Definitely dystopian. But Isaac Asimov, godfather of science fiction, had the insight that instead of dooming society, robots could be our liberators. Technology could free us from work and competition and maybe even scarcity altogether. Think mass agriculture and 3D printing. You could argue that we already have the technology to provide for everyone. We just have an economic system, capitalism, that hoards and wastes. There's an internet meme making the rounds these days that celebrates the coming post-work and post-capitalism future. They're saying fully automated luxury gay space communism. It's over-the-top and tongue-in-cheek, but still asserts itself as a real vision of utopia. Let's break it down. Fully automated. So free from wage labor. Luxury. As in, we don't need to just beg for basic human rights. We live in a time of such wealth that we could all live in luxury. Gay. Once we're free from capitalism, heteronormativity will become obsolete. In fact, we'll queer all the hegemonic binary systems that capitalism used like a tool to maintain itself. Space. Because this future isn't where we end, it's the beginning of progress. Finally, we'll be able to harness the full power of human creativity. Communism. If scarcity is over, communism isn't a sacrifice, it's a gift. 
but maybe you're uncomfortable with the idea of a world free of work, a world that doesn't demand something of you, that doesn't almost kill you to make you stronger all the time. In the classic film, Things to Come, when humans lose work, they lose their role in a common project, their sense of self. The film is set in a future in which the world is locked in a world war that nearly extinguishes society. Luckily, a few surviving engineers band together and make a new world, underground. Through technology and design, they begin perfecting human society. Wage labor and want are eradicated. But eventually, this way of life becomes fraught. The masses feel alienated from the world technologists have built. Nostalgia takes hold. What is this progress this world civilization done for us? Machines and marbles. They've built these great cities of theirs, yes. They've prolonged life, yes. They've conquered nature, they say, and made a great white world. Is it any jollier than the world used to be in the good old days, when life was short and hot and merry and the devil took the hindmost? All the same, what can we do about it? Rebel. Rebel, and may the devil take the hindmost, or not take it, however that expression works. An insurgent force mobilizes, and again, the humans are at war. Oh God, is there never to be any age of happiness? Is there never to be any rest? When will the struggle for progress end, one technologist asks their leader, who says, it's mankind's destiny to fight forward. You must go on, conquest beyond conquest. First this little planet and its winds and waves, and then all the laws of mind and matter that restrain it. Then the planets about it, and at last, out across immensity to the stars. And when he has conquered all the deeps of space and all the mysteries of time, still he will be beginning. Which I take to mean, sure, eliminate work. We'll find other ways of making ourselves miserable. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Liza Beale. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.